Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Hebrews 11 and 32. And what shall I more say? Should I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and Samuel and of the prophets. Who through faith, somebody say faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weakness, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead raised to life again, and others, somebody say others, were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. It went from being exciting to not so exciting anymore, didn't it? They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted or slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Amen. How many know that the completion of all things is going to be them and us together? Amen. But we have the privilege of a resurrected Savior. Come on. And of an opportunity to receive of the spirit of the living God. Amen. Living in uh, a covenant with better promises and better principles. Somebody say amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. Faith to stay. Faith to stay. Amen. Why don't we lay our Bibles down and lift our hands unto the Lord and just ask him to speak to you today. God, in the name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. God, we're thankful, Lord, for your presence. We're thankful for your spirit. We're thankful for your word today. God, I pray that you would have free course of preeminence in this house today. I pray that your word would go forth with clarity, Lord, with simplicity and with anointing, God, and it would accomplish all that you've sent it to. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your will would be done in every heart and in every life. God, and we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. 
You can be seated. Somebody say faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews says, the evidence of things not seen. Faith amounts to the substance, not of things possessed, not of what you have, not of what you can see with your eyes, not of what you can uh, handle with your hands, but of that which is hoped for. Amen. The very substance or reason for faith is for something that you don't have. Come on, somebody. It's for something that is not existing in your world. This faith also is evidence of uh, not things of seen, but of invisible things. Amen. It's a, how many know that in the Levitical law, back they would they would go through the priest's office and they would execute their priestly duties by sacrificing uh, animals and going through the rituals that were laid out but how many know that you can go through a ritual without faith Amen. You can, things that can become a routine, things can become uh, uh, empty of, of, of the heart or of the spirit, and they can just become things that we do just because that's what we do. Amen. How many know that we can even go to church without faith? Amen. We can go through all of the routines and not have faith. Amen. Uh, so many times we, we, we live our lives and we say that I, I am living my life and I'm walking by faith. But I want you to ask yourself the question, what has faith done for you lately? Amen. Ask yourself, elbow your neighbor and say, what has faith done for you lately? Amen. Because really faith is necessary in moments when you don't have what you need. Amen. Faith is necessary in moments when you don't have the answer. Or you don't have the power. Come on. You don't have the ability to do what needs to be done. Now you're looking for something greater than yourself. Come on. Faith is necessary when circumstances arise that, 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 that we didn't see coming and we're seemingly devastated by the events that take that took place and we don't have the power to overcome it and we don't have the answers to the questions we begin to reach for something bigger than ourselves come on we begin to reach for the hand of God and the word of God in those moments for help and mercy in those moments amen faith is necessary the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please God Amen. That, that you can't please God without faith. Amen. Faith is believing what God said. Amen. And then walking out as if you believed what he said. Amen. As if it has already happened. Amen. How many know faith is not uh, just something that we have. It's something that we do. Amen. Faith carries something with it. 
Amen. Faith is not does not work alone. Amen. Some people, I've heard people say, I'm a, I'm a man of faith or I'm a woman of faith. Well, what exactly does that mean? Is it just that you believe the Bible? Amen. Is it that you just believe it, that you believe that it's true, that the words that are being spoken are true? Is, is that what it is? Is that faith? Amen. Because the Bible, James said, faith without works is dead being alone. Amen. Like the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Amen. If your spirit leaves your body, your body is nothing but an empty shell. Amen. Because the whole purpose of the body is for the spirit to live in. Amen. The, the spirit is the most important thing. It's the most important part of a man. When the spirit leaves the body, how many know that person leaves the body? Amen. These bodies are nothing but an empty shell. But this body is nothing without the spirit that lives on the inside of it. Somebody say amen. My faith is of no uh, uh, effect, is of none effect if it doesn't have coupled with it an action to go with what you believe. Somebody say amen. How many know that you got to put to practice what you believe? You got to speak what you believe. You got to live what you believe. You got to walk it out. If you're going to believe it in Scripture, it's got to become a part of your existence. It's got to become who you are. Amen. Somebody say amen. It's not enough just to believe it, just to read it intellectually. And have an experience, which that is important. It's important to have an experience with the Word of God. To where it impacts you and you, and you put faith and you really believe what you're reading or what you're hearing. You believe it. Amen. But then you got to begin to put it to practice in your life. You got to begin to walk it out. Amen. You got to begin to live it. You got to begin to apply it. Somebody say amen. Faith is a result of hearing and hearing by the word. So our faith is founded in or is a result of God's word being spoken to us in some way, shape, or form. Somebody say amen. He said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. When the word of God is spoken through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, how many know the word is a seed? Amen. And it, 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 it takes root on our hearts as, as, as we hear as we as as it goes into our ears and into our minds and we begin to contemplate what it is that's being said and it leaks down into our hearts amen how we know the heart of the man is the spirit of a man amen in order to change everything else you got to change the heart of the person amen how many know the heart has to change 
Amen. If the heart is not right, then nothing else matters. If my heart is not working properly, then none of my other members of my body even matter because the heart is the center of our existence. Amen. You got to get your heart right. If you get your heart right, everything else will fall into place. If the Spirit of God and the Word of God become the center of your existence, it begins to grow and it begins to bear fruit of righteousness unto God. Somebody say amen. Just as you plant a seed in the ground and you cover it up with dirt and you begin to water it. And as the sun shines and the heat begins to warm up that seed, there are processes that begin to take place around that seed that cause what's in the seed to begin to come from the inside to the outside. Come on, somebody. It's, it, there's, a, there's a process that's being taken place underneath the ground that nobody else can see. How many know God's doing things that we can't see? God's moving in ways that we can't see just because just because that seed is buried doesn't mean nothing's happening. Come on. Just because it's been underground for just a little while doesn't mean nothing's happening. But there is a process that's coupled with the seed. Man, it doesn't happen without the seed. Things don't grow without the seed. Things don't grow without the word of God. But when it's planted in the ground and it's watered, come on somebody, and it's in good soft ground, rich with nutrients, I want to tell you that something will begin to happen. And what is on the inside of that seed will begin to break forth out of its shell and it will poke through the ground and it will begin to show itself to the world around them. Come on somebody, somebody say amen. Amen. It's not about just having an experience with God because when you have an experience with God, it'll change your life. But when that seed gets on the inside and it begins to blossom on the inside, all of a sudden there's things that begin to happen on the inside of a person that they can't really even explain. Amen. That there's a desire on the inside to fulfill that word that's been spoken. Come on. There's a process that begins to take place when, it, when, when the seed of God's word is sowed into a heart of a person that's willing to do his will, that has a desire to do the will of God and has a desire to walk out the word of God in their life. That is faith. Amen. And something will begin to stir and grow on the inside of that person and that thing will try, will, will want to become more than what it is. Come on. Because it's not long before that seed pokes through the ground and it's not long before that seed begins to produce a change in the life of those who believe. Come on. It's not just about us coming to church and reading the word and, and hearing the word. It's about a change. Come on. It's about a transformation. It's about a life worth living. A life worth living. Amen. Faith. Somebody say faith. It takes faith to do what nobody else is doing. Amen. It does. We're living in a world that's going down the tubes. Somebody say amen. Fast, quickly. 
Amen. Things are happening at a rapid pace. Things are changing at a very rapid pace. Amen. It takes, it takes faith to be what nobody else is being. Amen. It takes faith to, to live like nobody else is living. Amen. It takes faith to, to die out to your own will and your own way and begin to live a life according to the word of the living God. Amen. How many know that when Abraham, the Bible says, was called out to go out into a place that he knew not, that he went not knowing where he was going. Amen. But he, 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 he went as if he was doing it for the person who, who built the whole world. That hath foundations whose builder and maker was God. How many know the Bible says he sought for a city. Amen. He was, he, that, that there was, when God began to call him, there was something that began to transpire on the inside of him. It was more than just, uh, uh, you're my child and that's the end of it. All of a sudden, God began to call him out of where he was at to take him into a place that he didn't know and had never heard of. To take him somewhere that he didn't have the intellectual capacity to get by himself. God was calling him into a place of following him and trusting him that he'd never felt before. And the Bible says that by faith, Abraham got up and he left and he went not even knowing where he was going. I love when new converts come to the church. They get an experience with God and they say, I just want to go. I just want to go. I don't care where he's taking me. I don't care what I got to go through. I just want to go because what I feel is real. Amen. We got to have that, that attitude. Whatever God's saying, I'm going to do. Whatever he's calling me to, I'm going to step into. Whatever he's telling me to say, I'm going to say. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Somebody say amen. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. But he went anyways. Faith is not having the answers to all the questions. But doing it anyways. He didn't know where he was going. He was being led of God. Amen. He said after, he said he went out not knowing which afterward he would receive as an inheritance or a promise. Amen. He didn't know exactly what he was going to get. But he trusted that what God had for him was better than what he could get for himself. And just because he didn't have the answers to the questions, it didn't keep him from going. Amen. Sometimes we let our minds get in the way because if I can't understand it, then I'm not going to do it. Come on. If I can't reason it out or rationalize it, then I'm not stepping into it. But when God calls you out, he doesn't give you all the details and the answers to all your questions because it's going to take faith to step into it. And faith is standing at the midst of the Red Sea with no place to go, but knowing that you're heading in the right direction and knowing that God has called you out, he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. 
How many know that when Moses and the Israelites, God called them out. God led them out of Egypt. God led them into the wilderness. And they they were confronted with a Red Sea, an obstacle that they couldn't get past. But I want to tell you tonight or today that where the finger of God points, the hand of God will always provide. Where his finger points, he'll make a way. Where his finger points, he'll bring it to pass. Where his finger points, no weapon falls against you shall be able to prosper and every tongue that rises against you God will condemn for that is the heritage of those who serve the Lord clap your hands to the Lord he's worthy Amen. he went just because God asked him to just because God told him to some things we do just because God said Amen. A lot of the, the way that we live, it's just because God said. Amen. Because when we, when we start doing it, we don't really understand why. Right? But the book of Proverbs says, commit your ways to the Lord. And your thoughts will be established. Right. When you start doing it. You start putting it to practice in your life. You start walking out what God said. Amen. As you begin to walk it out, you will begin to understand the thought. You will begin to understand in your mind why God said to do it the way that he wanted you to do it. Come on, somebody. Because he, he speaks the ending from the beginning. And when he tells you to do something, it's not because he don't know the end result. He knows what's best. He knows what protects. He knows what keeps. So if God said it, I believe it and that settles it. Come on, somebody say amen. So a lot of things we do, we do not because we totally understand. Because faith is not understanding. Right? Faith is doing it because God said do it. Right? The, 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 the whole, uh, all the information that I have is wrapped up in the word of God. And if I trust God's word and what it says, I'm going to do what it says. Do you believe God's word? Amen. Has God ever asked you to do something that you didn't understand? If he hasn't, then it's not God that you're dealing with. You're your own God. Amen. Because God operates outside of our intellect and our minds. Amen. And his way is not our way. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. Come on, somebody. I know I quoted a lot, but his way is so far above our ways. As the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. Amen. Abraham went. And through the process of time, the Bible, I don't have time to tell the whole story, but he, he and Sarah had a son. His name was Isaac. He was the promised child. Somebody say he was the promised child. Sarah was barren for years. Abraham was 100 years old or more when, Sarah, when Isaac was conceived. But they were past the point where they could do it themselves. And that's when God stepped in. Amen. You read these stories. Faith, uh, 
in order for them to have faith, there was an obstacle that uh, they, they needed to overcome, but they needed faith to overcome it. How many know that's our lot? That's the way that we live. Uh, they, they overcome through faith in God's word and through the process of time. Isaac was born. And Isaac was the son of promise. They'd waited on for years. They had prayed about it. They'd waited on it. They had a word from God. They even tried to do it themselves at one point where they, uh, they created a, a monster in their lives. And that monster fought against, against the son of promise for years and years and years. But, but Isaac was that fulfillment of the promise of God in their lives. Somebody say amen. Well, one day, God spoke to Abraham. And he said, I want you to take your son, your only son, to yonder mountain. And I want you to sacrifice him. Abraham, this is astounding to me. Abraham said, we're going on a little trip, got some guys together, got the, the, the mule and got everything that they needed, and, and they took a trip to the mountain of God where he was going to sacrifice his son to God. Now, trying to preach this in the 21st century, I mean, we can't even give... God, 15 minutes of our time because we're so busy. Nobody even responded to that. I mean, uh, we are the most egotistical, self-centered country in the world. Everything revolves around us. I used to have a shirt that said, Galileo was wrong. The world revolves around me. If you don't know who he is, look it up. But that's kind of the way we are. So trying to understand, I remember the very first time I read this story uh, as an adult, and, and I was like, what? Why would God ask him to sacrifice his son? Why? I don't understand it. this. this own, and we have, to, we have to remember that God is just. God, I wouldn't say God is fair, but God is just, okay? And he's a loving God, amen. He's a, he's a protector, amen. He's a deliverer. It's in his nature. Love is not just something that he does. It's who he is. It's his, the essence of who God is. Everything he does comes out of a heart of love. Amen. Whether it's chastisement or punishment or whatever it is, how many know it's love? God is love. Amen. We have to remember the, the characteristics of God when we're dealing with circumstances and situations in our lives. Because sometimes things happen in our lives and we can think, why would God let this happen if he loved me? Well, you have to understand your ways are not God's ways uh, and your thoughts are not God's thoughts. Uh, but if you're a child of God, you understand that if he brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. Uh, if he allowed it to happen in your life, uh, there's an answer and there's a reason why. Amen. 
some of us, it's hard for us to get off the throne. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, get off the throne. You're not the king. Come on, do it. I want to see it. Nobody's doing it. Tell him, get off the throne. You're not the king. It's time for us to dethrone ourselves. Amen. And so I, began, I, was, I was disturbed by it. i got to say, I've been disturbed by that story for years, not really understanding it. Yeah, I understand obedience. I understand that, 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 that God was wanting Abraham to be obedient. I understand that. Uh, but it's more than that. And I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it for years. I, I couldn't understand why would God ask for Isaac? Why would God ask for the child of promise? Why would he ask Abraham to destroy something that he gave him as a promise to fulfill his will in the earth? He was the promised child. The only one. So as I began to ponder it, a couple of weeks ago, the Lord began to deal with me, and I began, I began, to, I began to see some things that I'd never seen before. Do you know that there's a pull of the world? There's a pull of the world. I'm not just talking about just a draw. But the spirit of the world wants to be God. And everything that's under its control carries the same essence. It wants to take over. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that, that things that you allow in your life that are maybe worldly, all right, they're, they don't found their root or their foundation in God. They don't want to just be a part of what your, your existence. They want your existence. And it wants to consume you, and it attempts to consume you. It's regardless of what it is. Amen. How many know all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? It's all connected to that. And anything that's of the world appeals to those things in your life. Amen. And if you can go back and study those things, I don't have time for that. But understand today that, that, that everything the world has, it doesn't just want to be a part of your life. It doesn't just want to exist in your life and just give you some happy moments enjoying time with it. No, it wants to be God in your life. And it's a progressive, it has a progressive nature. It pulls you in and it gets you to interested in doing what it wants you to do. And then it begins to pull you deeper and deeper and deeper. But understand that the things of the world are contrary to God. And so if you're going the way that it wants you to go, you're stepping away from the things of God because ultimately he's the king. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the king of kings. He's the God of gods. He's the God of all creation and deserves to be praised. But the things of the world want to pull away from you. They want to pull you away from the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ and get your attention on it. Can somebody say amen? That's why Jesus said, you can't serve God and mammon. You can't have two masters. 
You either serve God or you serve mammon. All right? So I looked up the word mammon and all that it means. And a lot of times they attribute uh, uh, money to, to mammon. Uh, but that's not the totality of its meaning. Okay? If you look it up, it means anything deified. Okay? And so anything deified other than God is mammon. Okay? So uh, if, you're, if you're putting something above God, ahead of God, before God, you are depending on that thing to give you what you need and to help you to exist in this world. Therefore, it's not the God of heaven is not your God. That thing is your God. Regardless of what it is, whether it's entertainment, whether it's drugs, alcohol, money, uh, whatever, success, power, whatever it is that feeds your fancy, come on, that gives you what you need to exist in this world, that's your God. And you can say it's not all you want, but when you put it ahead of the very God that created you and his purpose, you are making that thing God in your life. And that thing, is, you understand, those things aren't satisfied being second, and they will never want to be second. They're always vying for first. And so when that's why Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Amen. Because the Gentiles seek after all those things individually to bring the happiness that, that you need to exist in this world. But understand that the thing you need to exist is not going to come from a, an external source. It's not going to come from the outside. It's going to come from the inside. Amen. And Jesus is the only one that can make you satisfied on the inside, complete on the inside, totally who you need to be on the inside. And everything else will fall into place. So what he's saying, you need to get the order back in order. Come on. You need to get the priorities back in order and understand if you put God first, he'll make sure everything else lines up. But if you don't, those things will control your life and suck the very happiness out of your world. Somebody say amen. Hey, they will drain you. They will drain you. And so understanding what mammon is, mammon is anything connected to this world that we draw from, that we put first in our life, that's mammon, okay? You know, people can be that. You know, we can put people in that position. That everything we are is dependent upon them. Our happiness. If you can't be happy without your husband, with God and without your husband, you're not going to be happy with him. Because he's going to do something. <laughs> We're stupid. We're gonna, I'm going to do something to mess that up, Corey. I'm going to say something stupid just ruins the whole day. Right? 
And if your existence depends on how somebody else exists in your world and how they treat you and whether or not they, they, they're nice to you and, and kind to you, amen, you're going to be blowing up here and there. You're going to be unstable. You're going to be dependent upon your emotions and, and, and your feelings. And you're going to be drugged one way and the other, and you're not going to be a stable person. You can't depend on people to give you stability. That's God's place. So let's go back to Isaac. Does everybody understand what mammon is? Isaac was Abraham's son promised by God. Okay? It was the promise of God in his life being fulfilled. All right? It was the, uh, it was the years of, of waiting and faith, putting faith in God's word to bring that to pass in his life. So when God asked him to sacrifice Isaac, he was challenging his allegiance. <laughs> because that child was something God gave him. And he had, he had been pouring everything he had into Isaac. How many know the Bible says before Abraham died, he gave everything to Isaac? Amen. He poured into him everything. He gave him everything that he had. He, he, he poured all of his effort and his energy into Isaac, which was representative of the promise of God. Amen. But that boy was important to him. That was his life. And God said, I want you to take Isaac. Because I see something happening here where it's a little bit out of balance. Where even the promise of God can become God. Even something God gave you can be start being, you can start putting that ahead of God in your life. But we think serving those things is serving God. But see, God's not necessarily interested in you serving the things that he gave you. He's interested in you serving him and loving him. And so when he asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, he was challenging Abraham's allegiance to him. Do you love that thing more than you love me? Do you, now, it's quiet. Because God don't only ask you for things that are written in black and white. Come on. When the Spirit of God starts moving, He will ask you for things that you have allegiance to. Amen. He will challenge your heart and what you're committed to and what you put your time and your effort and your energy into. The promise of God. Abraham's pouring it into that. But understand that the promise of God was bigger than Isaac. Isaac was just the beginning. Amen. Every time that God would say, I'm going to make your seed as the, the sand on the seashore, as the stars in heaven, so shall thy seed be. Through the seed that I bring through your loins, I'm going to bless the whole world. The whole world's going to be blessed because of you. And you know what Abraham said? 
I don't even have a son. I'm, go, I'm telling you right now the will of God in your life and the purpose of God. It's uh, Your seed's going to be like the sand on the seashore. You can't n- number them. You can't count them. Like the stars in heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? But God, I don't even have a son. Our vision is so small that we focus on that which is right in front of us. And even if God gave it to you, it cannot become the center of your existence. Come on, somebody. Amen. Abraham said, uh, 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 God said, take your son, your only son, up to yonder mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Amen. You know what Abraham did? He loaded up the donkeys. Uh, He got going on the mountain on the trail to get up to the hill, and the son's looking around saying, but but daddy, where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, the Lord will provide. Amen. The Lord's going to provide one. Amen. Knowing the whole time that God asked him to sacrifice uh, his son. And here comes Isaac just going along with what daddy said uh, with no no understanding of what was about to happen. But when daddy got a hold of him uh, and tied him down to that altar and took that knife out of the sheath, uh, all of a sudden Isaac began to say, hold on a minute. I didn't, what are you doing? Come on. Lord, you told me to do this, and I'm going to do it. I don't understand why. I don't know the reasoning behind it. But all I know is my existence is to serve you. I'm going to give you what you want and do what, go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. And the moment he made up in his heart he was going to do it, he saw, God said, hold on a minute, stop your hand. Because I see where your heart lies. Because your heart is in what you put your hand to do. What you truly believe in is what you're going to reach for. Come on, church. Amen. What you truly believe is what you're going to reach for. Man, if you're reaching for pornography, that's not going to give you the answer. It's not going to satisfy that longing on the inside of you. That's not the answer. That's the way of this world. Come on. you got to get rid of that garbage. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your mind. Make a covenant with your eyes and with God that I'm never going to look at that again. That will taint you. That will destroy your pureness. That will destroy God's ability to use you. Somebody say amen. What do you reach for? What do you reach for when you get stressed? You reach for a candy bar? Some people eat their depression away with with food. Some people reach for cigarettes. Oh, I'm stressed. trying to hurt anybody's feelings, really. (sighs) 
What do we reach for? Amen. What do we reach for when we get overwhelmed and people aren't really acting the way we want them to act? Do we reach for the phone? Hey. Uh, Ain't no wonder there's no revival happening in the church. What do we reach for? I want you to think about it. Because that's your God. Amen. You want, a lot of times we, the phone's not our God, but the desire for somebody else to agree with us on our dislike or our disdain or what we're upset about, that, that, that can become a God. And the feeling of that, when somebody agrees with us, makes us think we're okay when we're not. Amen. If you have a feeling about what somebody's doing in the church, what I'm doing, you need to take me to prayer. Come on. You need to take me before the throne of God and say, Lord, you need to kick him in a rump. Amen. Because you're just passing on a fence. You're passing on things that are, are not going to feed anything but disunity. It's not going to feed anything but division. But if you start calling on the name of the Lord, if you start praying about those things, the God of heaven who spoke the world into existence will get people lined out. And if he doesn't, he'll get you lined out. Elbow your neighbor and ask him, what do you reach for? There is a pull of the world. I want you to hear me, and it's more powerful now than it ever has been. I can feel it. I can feel it on people. Amen. I'm warring spiritually against it. I can feel it pulling on people's lives, pulling on them, trying to pull them away from the body of Christ, pull them out of church, pull them out of prayer, pull them out of the Word of God, throwing every weapon he has of distraction to try to pull them out to get their eyes focused on something else. But I want to tell you, now's the time, and there hasn't been any better time than right now to get your eyes fixed and your face fixed on heaven and make up your mind, I'm going with God. Amen. I'm going with God. And the Lord has spoke to me recently. He said, I'm going to ask people to give up things that they never thought they would have to give up. Because I'm going to have a remnant that love me with all of their heart. Amen. They just it's not just words to them. It's not just a it's not just a service to them, but it's their whole life's existence. Those are the people that are going to have the will of God and the hand of God upon their life and be blessed. Amen. When God asked Abraham, it wasn't unjust for him to ask Abraham to do what he was asking him to do. He was challenging his heart and where it was at. P. 
people will fight to hold on to their gods. Somebody say amen. If the thought of you giving up Facebook, that you can never see yourself giving up Facebook, and you would never give up Facebook for anybody, Come on, somebody. For some of us, it's the news. <laughs> some of us, it's a lifestyle. But what is God asking for today? Just your heart. Just your heart, because he sees something bigger than just Isaac. Yeah, Isaac was the promise, but when God looked at Isaac, he saw the sand on the seashore. And he saw the stars in the heavens. Come on. God's view of what the, the purpose in our lives is multiplied because he sees the end result of that thing. But understand that even Isaac can't produce what it needs to produce if it's not in the right place. Even Isaac can't produce the promise if it's, if it's out of order in our lives, if the, if the priorities are not right. Even Isaac can't bring forth the promise because you, you're better off just to kill him on the altar now and get him out of the way so that he don't disrupt you making it to heaven. Come on, somebody. You might as well lay it down. If it's become God in your life, come on. If it's gotten in the way of your relationship with God, if it's a job, if it's a house, whatever it is, if it's gotten in the way, it needs to be sacrificed sacrificed on the altar, lay it up there and let God decide. Let God call the shot. Let him let you know where that thing stands in your life. Stand with me all around the building. Wow. Lift your hands to the Lord right now and just feel after Him. God, I want your will in my life. Come on, tell Him. I want your will in my life. Speak to me, Jesus. Draw me close to you. Draw me close to you. God challenged Abraham because he wanted to give Abraham a further revelation. Of who he was in his life. Because when he saw the faith to lay down his son. The Bible says that God too laid down his son. as a ransom as a ransom for many Abraham since you love me enough to give me your son I'm going to give you mine I'm going to give you mine God always outgives 
God's son was greater than Isaac. Come on, God's son redeemed all of mankind. That thing that we're holding on to, that, that's more important than God. Understand that if you're willing to lay that thing down on the altar, that what God has in His hand is more powerful. It's more fulfilling. There's more satisfaction in it than that thing can ever produce. Come on, get your eyes off of mammon. Get it off of this world. Get it off of the appetite of your flesh. And understand that the hand of God is open today to pour into your life those things that you're lacking but he could only give that provision come on he could only give that provision to Abraham once Abraham opened his hand then God made a way where he could pour a sacrifice into Abraham's life that filled the void I want to tell you today a thing those things we're holding on to, they're nothing. Come on, the things that this world has, they're nothing. Amen. They're here today and gone tomorrow. There's pleasure in sin just for a season. Amen. But understand that the things of God are eternal. And the promise that he made to Abraham was not just for that moment, but it was for eternity. Hmm. There's a pull right now of the world. I want you to resist that pull. And I want you to give in to the hand of God. As he begins to pull on you, I want you to move closer to him right now in the name of Jesus. I'm opening these altars right now. God is pulling on some people. I need to find a place to pray. I need to find a place closer to God. I need to find a place where I can hear the voice of God again. I want to move closer to my purpose. I want to move closer to that end result. Come on. I'm going to take a step closer to God. Lord, I want to give you what you're asking for. I want to give you the time that you're asking for. I'm going to give you the talent you're asking for. I'm going to release what I have control over and I'm going to give it all to you and put you at the center of my life. And God, I pray that your will would come to pass in my world. Come on, this is a heart thing. Where's your heart lie? What are you hoping for? What are you reaching for? Come on, what's your God? What are you depending on? If you're depending on people to fulfill you, they will let you down. You will be a wreck. You'll be a mess. If you're dependent on a relationship to fulfill you, you will not be fulfilled. You will be let down and disappointed. You need to put your hope and confidence in God today. Put Him at the center of your will, at the center of your heart, and make Him number one again. Come on, and everything else will fall into place. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.